0: mistake I can't help the fact I like to be alone It might sound kind of sad but that's what I seem to know I tend to handle things usually by myself and I can't ever seem to try and ask for help I'm sitting here crying in my prom dress I'd be the prom queen if crying was a contest Makeup is running down dear. Mm-hmm. How did I get here? I need to move. Up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode 15 of Capitalism. Thanks, I hate it. My name is Sandra. Welcome to my mixtape. I'm tired. And, uh, well, today is a solo episode because the wonderful dear Hosan is busy with some personal stuff. Shoo. I hope everyone's doing well. I'm all right, and I guess we better start with what have I missed, or in fact, what have you missed? So, this week, what can I talk about? Well, apparently, uh, they were going to do a similar thing to the UK to grade the what is it, um, the leaving cert. So they were going to use like an algorithm to basically sort out, uh, the leaving cert results, uh, which is kind of ridiculous and wasn't going to work, uh, or isn't going to work. But, um, there's a lot of petitions going around to stop that from happening because we saw how it affected the UK and a lot of, um, what is it? less than fortunate uh areas in the UK where poverty is more common. Uh those students didn't fare as well as their other uh peers. So hopefully that doesn't go ahead. And we see some change and maybe uh everything will be fine, but who knows at this rate. So uh if you feel like this isn't the right thing to do, they shouldn't be grading with algorithms, there is a bunch of petitions going around and uh, you should probably uh, sign them. Just a thought. Um, apart from that, let me see, <clears throat> I heard that there was at least three trans women who were followed and I'm pretty sure were attacked. Um, I th- I'm not sure if this was America, I think it was, and I think it just brings more awareness to the fact that trans people are more and more likely to be uh, harassed and targeted during these times, uh, especially with people like, you know, Trump and Pyro and stuff. So hopefully uh, that gets better, we hope, we wish, we pray. Um. But other than what have I missed? Unfortunately today, Hosan won't be here for forgotten figures. And I did not plan accordingly. So if I'm gonna think of anyone, hmm. I might might remember some people. Give me a second. I'll think about it. Speaking of Hosan, she just sent me a post on Instagram which is just so her like I'm here trying to film our podcast she's clearly busy and she's here trying to text me like we have we have stuff to do okay we have stuff to do um so let's see oh I was gonna say uh the main people that I remembered Uh, From history that I was just thinking about like just a few minutes ago uh, Were the radium girls for anyone who doesn't know uh, these were a group of women who were uh, Working in a factory which was involved in Decorating watch parts Like watch dials with paint and stuff and basically they contracted radiation poisoning uh, from the self luminous paint the painting was done by women at three different United States uh, radium factories. And the term uh, uh, radium girls applies to these women because they were affected by uh, the paint. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, radium like many other substances such as polonium and americium. <laughs> I don't know if I pronounced that right, probably not. Anyway, um, it's a highly radius substance. So if you come into contact with it over a prolonged amount of time, it can affect stuff such as uh, your cells' uh, ability uh, to reproduce themselves. So it can cause various forms of cancer. So the facilities that this occurred in was one in Orange, New Jersey, beginning around uh 1917 one in ottawa illinois beginning in the early 1920s and a third in waterbury uh sorry connecticut the women in each facility had been told that the paint was harmless and they frequently ingested uh deadly amounts of radium because they were instructed to basically point their brushes on their lips like this uh and then just like basically just to give them a fine tip. And also some of them painted their fingernails and their face and their teeth with the glowing substance because they thought it was fairly harmless. Um, and they were, taught to, uh, they were taught to point brushes, the radium girls, uh, in this way because using rags or water rinse would cause them to use more time and material which was made from powdered radium, gum arabic and water. So basically this material was used for the dials of the watches to be like obviously fairly shiny so you can understand why if they thought it was harmless they would paint it on their face or their nails. so when it was found out that this was a poisonous substance and the girls or the women weren't um, aware of this five of the women in new jersey challenged their employer in a case over the rights of individual workers who contract uh, occupational diseases so it's just work related diseases to sue their employers under new jersey's occupational injury law which at the time had a two-year statute of limitations but settled out of court in 1928. So, five women in Illinois who were employees of the Radium Dial Company, which was affiliated with the United States Radium Corporation, sued their employer under Illinois law and won damages in 1938. So, the reason why I bring this up, bar that I remembered it last minute, (laughs) because Hosanna isn't here um, to help me out, but basically, I just think that this is one of the many cases where in America and in many places uh, workers aren't being treated right and uh, are often damaging their bodies while working in a, in a severely uh, unsafe conditions. Uh, I've had family members who also have had to work in unsafe conditions. I've had family members who are currently dealing with the after effects of that and um, I think it's uh, important to know that when you feel that something isn't good for you, you shouldn't stick it out, you should do your research, you should try to get out of it, and um, you should seek compensation if you uh, require it. Now, I know in saying that, like, Ireland has a fierce reputation for uh, over claiming on insurance benefits. and. Um basically just claiming where there isn't just cause. But in many incidents, such as this one, like people suffer uh where they don't need to. Just reading here, like many of the women who later began uh to suffer from anemia, so it's basically not enough iron in the blood, blood uh bone fractures, and necrosis. Of the jaw condition now known as radium jaw, so just from a few years or a few months or however long it was to pay two hundred and fifty dials a day for about a penny and a half, which was about less than two cents in twenty nineteen if you compared it to the economics of twenty nineteen these people were basically endangering their lives completely and um, a bar of those workers, many other workers became sick, and it, they don't actually know how many died from the exposure to the radium. So, um, I'm just trying to look out um, more information. So basically, the inventor of the radium dial paint was Dr. Sabin A. Von Sarkowski, definitely didn't pronounce that right he died in November 1928 becoming the 16th known victim of poisoning by radium dial paint he had gotten sick from radium in his hands not the jaw but the circumstances of his death helped the radium girls in court because basically they did what many people would do they alleged that Uh, this paint was causing severe damage to their bodies and that well obviously since the creator of the paint died then so would they because of the same damages um the radium girls had a large impact on history both in the fields of health physics and the labor rights movement because since their uh uh since their accidents basically uh, involved the workplace uh the right of individual workers to sue for damages from corporations due to labor abuse was established um as a result of their case and in the wake of the case industrial safety standards were demonstrably enhanced for many decades the case of the radium girls hello the case of the radium girls Uh, was settled in autumn of 1928. Uh, It was deliberated by a jury, and each of the women affected um, was given a settlement of 10,000... The other mic? Where did the other mic go, Sandy? Uh, I still have the other mic. I have it just in case, but this one, if I was recording on my computer, it would give better sound, Uh, whereas the other one, if I don't turn it on... Uh, it's fine, but it's not good for recording. So I'm giving this one a try. It has a tiny tripod. I love it. I know that no one likes change, but it's blue. <laughs> so there's that. Um, where was I? Oh yeah, they won $10,000 each of them, which was equivalent to $149,000 in 2019, and plus six hundred. Uh, dollars per year annuity which was equivalent equivalent to eight thousand nine hundred in twenty nineteen plus it looks huge, thank you like plus twelve dollars a week, which was equivalent to two hundred dollars in twenty nineteen uh this was for all their lives while they lived, and all the medical and legal expenses incurred would also be paid by the company. The lawsuit and resulting publicity was a factor in the establishment of Occupational Disease Labour Law. The radium dial painters were instructed in proper safety precautions and provided with protective gear. In particular, they no longer shaped paintbrushes by lip and avoided ingesting or painting or breathing the paint. Radium paint was still used in dials as late as in the 1960s. What I find weird is that they found that the exposure was obviously causing deaths but they continued to use it regardless it makes me think like uh surely the people that bought the watches would be having a similar reaction to um the radium women so i don't understand how anyone could look at that case and say yes don't take this off the market whatsoever. We don't need to take it off. Like just a bit bit strange for me. That's all I'm saying. A bit strange for me. Um so it's time for baby cup books. As you know. <coughs> Sorry, not covid, just chronic illness as per usual. Um what is it for baby got books uh every week me and hosan discuss what books we've been reading excited to read or purchasing within the next coming weeks uh hosan is not here as usual we call her a trader when she's not here no i'm kidding um she she's very busy but <laughs> with um the 10 days of mourning uh because uh she is muslim so anyway uh for the book, the books of this week. I am going to start reading, (laughs) I am going to start reading Snoop Dogg's uh, cooking book because it has, I know it has a really good chocolate cake in it. I really want to try it so That's why I'm going to read it. I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to get it from the local library because now they're open and they're dealing with people. So that's really good. So that's what I'll be getting. And also I'm going to get the book. What is it? a a gentleman's guide to a gentleman's guide of vice and virtue, uh, which is basically a book about a bi character. So uh, hopefully I'll love that too. So, that's what I'm reading currently. I haven't really finished Hamlet. I haven't finished Much Ado About Nothing so I still have to give those a crack but I don't hold out any hope. I might just wait a bit. I don't know, I haven't been in the reading mood. It's been a bit strange. haven't really been feeling it but I'm trying to slowly but surely get back in so maybe, maybe this will be the week. Who knows? Who knows? So let's just begin something a little different. So I'm pretty sure I told you that I was now reading, I just said this a few weeks ago, I was now reading the, ooh, this is not gonna balance, is it? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Oh wait, I might just, that's easier, isn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna take away the tripod cause it's not too stable on the various books that I have in front of me. <laughs> So, today we're actually going to be reading a poem from this book, which is by Fernando Pessoa called Massaging. <clears throat> Basically, it's a bunch of um, poetry that's based on Orientalism, um, also a bunch of folklore, so hopefully it'll be a little entertaining. So the first poem I'm going to read is called The Castles. I've obviously translated it (coughs) (coughs) sorry I've obviously translated it because otherwise I'd just be reading in Portuguese so uh, the first poem is called The Two Castles and it goes like this Europe lies on its elbows from east to west staring, covering romantic hair, Greek eyes remembering. The left elbow is back, the right is in a willing angle. If you hear a child crying in the background, that is my baby niece. She is a bit fussy today. Hopefully she will be fine. Um, that's not in the poem. Um, That one says Italy where it lie, this one says England where it is, where it is, it's away. The hand where the face is supported, tape with a sphinx look is facial, the east, future of the past, the face with the tape of Portugal. That one I didn't really understand much. If I really went to delve into it, I might know more. But basically, it was written on the 8th of December, 1928. So, it's obviously going to have some 1928 connotations um, involved with Europe and everything. So, I don't know. I'm not going to delve into it. <clears throat> I don't know much about it. So Now, this one's called Udashkinesh. Which I don't know what it means, so I'll tell you in the end, when I look it up. So, it begins. The, God sa- the gods sell when they give. Glory is bosh with disgrace. Oh, the happy ones, because they are. Just what happens. Enough is enough for those who are enough. Enough of it is enough. Life is fleeting, the soul is vast. Having it is late. It was the disgrace with the villainy that God with Christ defined. So he opposed nature and his son anointed him. Written on the same date as the previous one. God, drama. Um, Basically, from what I can see of Fernando Pessoa, he has a lot of uh, religious imagery. He likes to talk about politics, (laughs) and I know that he was based, uh, his poetry is mainly based on 1920s, so I can pretty much assume that um, a lot of his poetry references um, feelings of anguish, um, a bit of like Prohibition era kind of things, the Great Depression era. Um, I'm pretty sure maybe the independence of Portugal... Mm -hmm. Um let me see luck thereof oh, oh. let me see of portugal So I was completely off. The independence of Portugal happened uh, in 1640, exactly on the 10th of Jul- June. But wait, what was 25th of April then? So there's another day in Portugal that's like 25th of April, and it's important as well. Oh, okay. This is different. Um, The 25th of April 1974 was when um, the Carnation Revolution, also known as 25th of April, uh, was started in Lisbon. uh, Which was basically to overthrow the government. The, what is it, Novo regime, which was basically a slightly fascist regime. So that's where I was trying to get from, but clearly not. So I'd just say he would be talking more about, like, World War I issues, folklore, a bit of religious imagery. So if you want to check him out, check him out. But I still have to read more of his poetry to actually have a more vast idea of what he knows. Oh, the sh- I want to know what Keenish is because I don't... Keenish. Oh, the coat of arms of Portugal is popularly referred to as quinas, uh, the quinas a quinox being a group of five things. Okay. So basically he was talking about the coat of arms of Portugal in the last poem, which was very confusing because it didn't really make sense to me. I don't know. He seems very abstract to me. So like I said, I have to read a bit more have to just get more involved, see where it takes me. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'll be getting back to his poetry. It's a bit different, like I said, but maybe I'll find one that I like. Like, there's a bit about Ulysses in here. I know there's a bit about saints. And there's also some about, like, colonialism, because basically it starts talking about, like, the oriental and the os- os- Occident? Occidental? So I know that he likes a bit of colonialism in his poetry, or at least reflecting on it. So we'll get back to that at some point, maybe, and uh, then I'll let you know, basically. Uh, I think that brings us swiftly on to it's not a moment, it's a movement. There's quite a few movements to talk about now uh, because, well, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and everything's kind of gone wrong, so there's a lot going on. Um, I know that the Irish government is currently looking at people's social media accounts who talk about uh their issues with direct provision so anyone who doesn't know direct provision is the system in ireland where asylum seekers uh who are seeking refuge in ireland <clears throat> basically have to go to these um centers where they don't really have any space to themselves they're all kind of crowded in one area and a lot of COVID 19 um cases have arised from that lack of space. So a lot of artists like Blind Boy and um, Hosier, uh, just to name a few, there's also quite a few journalists that have talked about the Irish government's lack of mercy and like just general planning efforts to help these people. And uh, because of that, the Irish government has, has kind of just been following their Twitter which I feel is very strange and very much invalidation in, in what is it invading their privacy to an extent because they are just discussing things in a public sphere just like the government does, but the Irish government has now had a list of them and is now watching their tweets as we speak, so it's a bit strange uh no one really knows if it's uh if it fits correctly with GDPR regulations which is basically the law that um, is basically the privacy policies of certain institutions and certain, well, fields anywhere like basically I work in a dental office so GDPR would Impact on how who sees a patient's records and how safe they are and if a patient didn't need to see their records what uh, How they would go about it to get the rights to them. So um, Yeah, we need to have an update on uh, What happens there? I'm pretty sure the Irish government is just going to continue to do that And I'm pretty sure many governments do that as well. Just about different other topics So we shall see what else have i been hearing about? i know that there was a lot of gofundme accounts that are going around for people who need trans surgery or who are recently homeless and stuff like that and they're really helpful um for anyone who needs help so but there's always a bunch of those going around so you could just check those out for yourself um well, what else i know there was something else that was on my mind but i can't think of it for... <laughs> it's so loud i can't think of it for the life of me what was it oh i know that there's like a few shops in dublin um there was one that i heard of called chime that's basically a charity shop for people um Earning for people who are deaf or hard of hearing and uh, their proceeds go towards that so basically they'll sell anything It's just basically a secondhand shop, much like St Vincent de Paul And I guess in these times when no one really has a lot of money going around It's really nice to shop secondhand both for fashion but also since your money is going towards a uh, good place What else? I heard that Ashling B, the comedian, um, posted basically, reposted a video on her Instagram about, um, it was about, like, choosing the correct bank that will invest your money in the correct area. So instead of it, uh, ending up in, in institutions that promote, uh, sending rubbish to landfill, It'll be more ecologically friendly and will help with climate change. Um, I'm not aware of which banks these are, but I'm pretty sure her page will let you know. So if you're interested, go to Ashley B's page. I'll have her tagged in this episode, so you'll have more of an idea. What else has been going on? I think that um, I've been seeing on Instagram a lot of people I know or that our friends of friends are currently starting their own like side hustle or their own businesses particularly, like with in particular with a lot of um, jewelry makers. So they're really cool. Um, I might link some below. I already talked about uh, Lula by, Uh, Sophie, but there's quite a few so I might just link some small businesses down below and also quite a few artists as well like um, My friend Kira, she's doing a bunch of commissions. I know that um, Wacky Doodle Devon's doing a couple of commissions. So basically a lot of artists are really pulling together right now during all of this and uh, both spreading awareness through the various art, because I've seen a lot of comics just giving correct mask wearing advice and correct social uh distancing advice so I might just link some of them in my story but all of the jewelry makers that I follow and that I think are really cool or any of the artists that are doing commissions I will tag in this episode um so let's go on to the mixtape of the week. As you heard, I sang a bit of Amex Tunes um, prom dress that's been stuck in my head for quite a few months but if I was going to say mixtape of the week I would probably say Ash and Niall Horn's song Moral of the Story. It's a great song about divorce. Love that song. I would also say Superfruit. It's great love their songs. And also Queen, a classic. Can't we all relate? And um, for all of you that don't know, all the songs that I mention or all the artists that I mention are usually in a Spotify playlist that I started recently called Mixtape of the Week. And I will put it on my story if anyone wants to find it. And you can give them a listen or find the songs that you want and then play them on YouTube or something. So you don't have to like skip stuff and try to find them. Um, Apart from that, I also have Twitter called CTIHI podcast, which is basically the initials of the podcast. And um, you can follow me on there for some good stuff, mo- mainly promoting stuff, but also um, a few nice tweets here and there, you know, about mental health and all that. So give it a listen um give it a listen give it a watch give it a follow um well i've been listening to a few podcasts as per usual still buffering is on my high list i follow riley smurl she's one of the mm, she's one of the you know one of these things that i am one of the podcasters (laughs) on that show. Um, They're really good. I really like them. They talk about, currently, they talk about movies or shows that they really like and it's just really nice. I feel really calm when I listen to them. Still listening to Sawbones and also I've been listening to Blind Boy's podcast and that's how I knew that the Irish government were following his tweets which is very strange. It's very strange. But yeah um, that's also really refreshing. I liked his podcast with Emma. Uh, I can't remember her surname for the life of me unfortunately but I know that she wrote a book called Don't Touch My Hair and it explores like African history about hairstyles and what they meant and it was really informative. Like I learned that um during some time uh, there were a few hairstyles that would basically have the map to uh, how to run away from uh, slavery I think from certain areas and uh, that's how some people knew how to leave. Um, I find that really just amazing. So basically it just gives you a thorough summary of uh, how hair impacted on history in uh, American culture and circles so I'll definitely give at least that podcast a listen um I know it's gonna be a very short podcast today probably than usual but um I think it's time for I'll have what she's having so what can I say I tried to make pina coladas a few weeks ago didn't work out too well. I did drink them but um next time we need coconut milk and maybe some canned pineapple because I feel like fresh pineapple sometimes is a bit bitter and it just doesn't give the full potential <laughs> of what that drink could be. Um I also have been eating a lot of lactose free yogurt. I know this podcast riveting talking about yogurt. But I got a nice one that's a mango flavor from Tesco. Um, And I also really like the... still like the Alpro uh, plain with coconut. Still haven't been sponsored by them. This is non-spawn so you know that it's real stuff. It's really what I feel. I've also been eating a lot more ramen noodles because I'm at home and I just want some digestive biscuits. Can we just say? so good (laughs) um i also had a creme brulee from bon mama i think my brother got it from tesco because he wanted the glass jars to like hold stuff in or whatever but it's really good it tastes like it has the texture of almost a cream cheese so it's very soft but it tastes like more vanilla than other typical custardy based um creme brûlée creme brulee. Um, but I also like the traditional creme brulee and there's a Portuguese one that we make that's called Leite Creme. That's a bit thicker I think and goes well with a bit of cinnamon. So I've been loving a lot of custard I guess. <laughs> that's what I'm learning from this episode. So it's been a bit sh- been a bit short today and I'll have what she's having and the podcast in general. And that's mainly because I'm really tired. For anyone who doesn't know, I've been working full-time now, so I've been much more exhausted, but also I have a chronic disability. For anyone who doesn't know, I um, I have fibromyalgia, which basically means that I have a lot of issues with chronic pain and tiredness and occasionally some difficulty with um like this uh, some difficulties with cognitive issues so brain stuff as in thinking it also affects my menstrual cycle and my pain threshold as i've said previously just my ability to remember stuff sometimes which is known as fibro fog when your brain kind of feels like mush (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't work and you can't think properly so I'm a little bit tired today um, and I just kind of want a little bit of a rest <laughs> before I get too emotional or get a panic attack or anything because um, living with a chronic disability is a bit hard oh is it harder than ever <laughs> especially because I don't really take medicine I just um. I just use those pain relief creams not the deep heat ones but like kind of a cooling one like a menthol kind of feeling one and i just need a good old rest <laughs> and i should be fine um like i said uh follow our twitter i'll post some memes i'll do some cool stuff there if you follow um but also If you like this episode, share it with your friends, send it to them, tell them about it. I know this one wasn't the most riveting one. (laughs) The other ones are far more entertaining. Uh, But, you know, tell them to give it a listen. Maybe they won't hate it. (laughs) And we are back uh, next week, hopefully with Hosan, Far more entertaining. Maybe I won't feel like I need to lie down during it. And, um... We should be fine. <laughs> we should be fine. And if you also want to follow me on TikTok, <laughs> I don't post anything <laughs> but it's Sandra M. Um, dot Costa I think and my Snapchat's probably the same. If you wanna give me a follow <laughs> That self promo always makes me uncomfortable. But yeah, that's about it. If you're if you're like me and if you have a chronic disability, take care of yourself. Been a rough week and uh working full time is definitely not for the faint-hearted <laughs> so you no, know, take care of yourself do a bit of self-care and by self-care i don't necessarily mean face masks i mean like taking a nap doing whatever you need to do take that painkiller if you need it and uh i think i'll see you next week how did that feel hmm? yeah yeah see you next week bye <laughs> if i can manage to end it bye Oh this setup is not good. Oh